Hello. Hi. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty Better good. now. Right. Yeah. It's been a rough week. You almost had the corona. I might still. Might still. I'm Emily. Oh, yeah. We had introduced yeah. ourselves. I'm Joel. And we are the hosts of Drink. Drunk. Dead. Yeah. You're getting better. Yeah. Getting a little better. Every time. So it has been a rough week. I've been really, really sick this week. We weren't even sure we were going to, going to uh, get to record just because I I couldn't breathe. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Took the test, came back negative, but they said we still need to treat it as though it's positive because it looked symptom-wise like it's positive. So. And it's problematic that I'm so funny and you laugh so much that you lose your breath so often. So I've really had to tone it down the I don't past couple weeks. Think that just end the conversation quite as much as you on think to the it next did. thing. <laughs> but we did find some ways to funny. to fill our time. Kind of. We found some fun stuff to do. We've been working on a coffee table. Yes. So we like to kind of make our own decorations when we can. Decor. Decor, and we've been making a coffee table out of what crates. Like egg crate. Shouts out Ikea. Yeah, crates and then just a hunk of wood for the top. And I'm going to draw the design that we're going to etch into the top. So it's going to look really nice. Yeah, it already does. Yeah. Go nicely with our uh, homemade end table. We got to start a Drink Drunk Dead Etsy page. Yeah. (laughs) So what are you drinking tonight? Sprite. Keeping it healthy-er? Healthy-er. Er. And triple sec. That just sounds so gross. <laughs> Dashing it up a bit. Is it any good? Yeah. You like the triple sec though. You just he literally drinks this stuff. He'll just take shots of triple sec. It's not very efficient, but it's tasty. I can't. It's that's too, a mixer. It's I don't. Too sweet for you. There's a lot that's too sweet for me. I can't do candy. Candy's gross. It's a hard relationship. Why? It means because you get I all love the sweets. Candy, you get all the sweets. But we can't indulge together. Be fat with me. I don't want to. <laughs> you need to. I'm sticking with uh, some green tea tonight, so we're not going the traditional drink drunk dead route. We've also been playing a lot of games to keep ourselves entertained. We're big board gamers. What was the movie we watched? Was it Game we've Night? Watched a, we've watched, we've a, watched lot a lot of movies. movies. It's been a sit on our butts, do nothing kind of well, week. That was last night, wasn't it? Game Night? Yeah. Yeah. It made me think of movie. us because we, we are definitely that couple that plays games all the time. All the fucking time. At board games, puzzles. We go out pool, bowling, round one, whatever. We have like an eight shelf um, bookshelf. And eight section bookshelf, I guess I should say. And what, four of them are filled with games Uh and puzzles and stuff? (laughs) We like our games. We have fun. I think it's good. We have fun together. We do. What were the other two movies? We watched... We watched... The one with Melissa McCarthy. What was that? Oh, that was some spy movie. No, I was going to talk about the movies that are more related to what we're doing tonight. We watched the... I I don't remember the name of the Japan one. Uh, that one is called The Forest. That has Natalie Dormer. Yeah, I forget the name of The Forest, though. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's the Suicide uh, Forest in Japan. Yeah. It's the most famous one. Yeah. But that movie was okay. It's a, a movie about... Natalie Dormer is a woman 
whose twin sister goes missing in the suicide forest and she's positive that her sister is still alive. So she goes on this search into the forest and it plays tricks with her head and I'm not going to give up. If you go into the forest having fear in your heart, then Mm -hmm. there's sadness in your heart. There's, I don't remember the name of the the creature or the legend or whatever Mm -hmm. that can sense it and then uses it against you. Yeah. It was an okay movie. It was kind of corny. Very corny. I wouldn't call that a a good horror movie at all. But then we watched. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. We watched it all the way through. But then we watched The Ritual. Both of these were on Netflix, by the way. And The Ritual has uh, Rafe Spall, who's Timothy Spall's son. He's been in a ton of stuff. He's been in a lot of stuff with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost doing like, oh God, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz and other movies with them. He's a He's a good actor. He was the main character in this movie. And this is about a group of guys who go on a hiking trip in Sweden in memory of a friend of theirs that had died and one of them gets injured so they try to take a shortcut through a forest on the way back and that was just the worst decision of their lives and it was creepy it definitely had you jump a few times yeah yeah i thought that was a much better movie i wouldn't say it was so much scary but it it just kept you on your toes and then when something when there was a jump scare it it got me i liked that one it was there were corny parts to it and the creature god thing that's chasing them around was fucking weird looking. Yeah. I don't get the concept behind that thing right. or what was really going on with it. But It's like the producer just told his five-year-old to draw the scariest thing they could imagine. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It was like a tree. Moose. moose it was a four-legged thing. Human. Elephant. It was bizarre. Yeah, it was like a moose body. And it had antlers, but then it had, it was almost like it had a cloak over its head and there was two white eyes that you could never make out. It was just light, but then human arms as like fangs. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was very weird. It was weird. I enjoyed it though. Yeah, for sure. That was not what I had expected that story to be. Not the way I expected it to end for sure, but I thought it was decent. Go check it out. Check out The Forest, too, if you want to see some uh, creepy suicide stuff. But that's a touchy subject for a lot of people, so. Yeah. There wasn't any suicide in it, though. Uh, Yeah, there was. Well, not direct. It wasn't intentional, but that's the idea of The Forest, right? Yeah. Yeah. But let's not give away anything important to the story in case somebody else wants to go watch it. No spoilers here. Mm -hmm. Just be prepared for some weird clown ass looking japanese schoolgirl down in a cave i don't know why (laughs) why she's like oh hey what are you doing here no no i'll follow you that sounds good this should be like the dead giveaway that something here is wrong that's why horror movies are fucking ridiculous i know real people wouldn't actually do that it's always the white girl that's like oh what's going on over here Mm -hmm. no don't go there white girl don't don't do it girl (laughs) listen becky so what oh i had a fun fact for you i gotta find it though hang on okay is that part of the fun that we have to dig for it i forgot where i put it i wrote on my little notes for the episode 
fun fact. Don't forget to say it, but then I didn't write my fun fact there. I wrote it somewhere else. So I had to go looking for it. Excuse me. Your excuse. So today we are doing Haunted Forests. It's going to be our theme. And kind of on point with that theme, I found this interesting little tidbit that kind of cracked me up. So during coffee season in the Philippines, which is around January, civic cats that live on the mountains in the on the island or islands. Opposite of civil cats? You're funny. They're little cats. They're not very big. So the civet cats, they live on the mountains. What they do is they go around and they eat the coffee beans and then they poop them out undigested. Are they made by Honda? Made by what? Honda. That's Japan. 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 I I can't speak no more. Civic cats. Oh. Uh, I'm still sick. Leave me alone. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So they poop them out, right? They poop out these coffee beans that haven't been digested. And the little poop beans are all over the trails in the mountains. So people will go out and collect them. And they're sold for thousands I think I've per heard kilogram to people in Europe. Because apparently people in Europe have way too much money and nothing to spend it on. Yeah, Why are you spending it on poop beans? shit coffee beans. Right. The beans are considered a delicacy. So they make the most expensive coffee in the world from poop beans. Supposedly, the cat's sense of smell is so good that they're able to select the like the primo beans, the best beans, and celebrities. Why I remember do cats eat it though if they don't even digest it. Like they might get some kind of caffeine high out of it too. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Who knows? Could be something for their digestion. Yeah. Actually, because I mean, if like you think about a rock, kind yeah, of. birds eat rocks for their digestion, so. But celebrities like Britney Spears and Jack Nicholson are really, really into this coffee. <laughs> and the coffee's known as Kopi Luwak or Civic Coffee. But I remember years and years ago watching like the lives of the rich and the famous or something. It was something like that on VH1 or MTV and it was talking about Britney Spears and how she would fly. She wouldn't fly anywhere without her poop coffee. She had to have her poop coffee. I'll leave it to Britney Spears. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. And then I find this little tidbit. I'm like, I remember this. (laughs) Poop coffee. Never drinking that. I don't care how rich we get. I'm not drinking it. I'd try it. Apparently it makes amazing coffee, but I just can't bring myself. Cleaned, I'm sure. And it's boiling hot water. But again, also what's going on with producing it because it's worth so much money. The people in the Philippines will hold a lot of these civet cats in these really just horrible conditions and feed them these they'll feed them beans and then whatever they eat and poop out that's what they collect so it's like a animal rights issue also Mm -hmm. so interesting not gonna drink that coffee personally but there's your fun fact for the day poop beans thank you appreciate it come from a forest coffee i don't know it was related to our story whatever (laughs) anyway (laughs) Somehow. <laughs> However you justified that, mm. you know, whatever. But. So I think we've had our drinks. We're not getting drunk, or at least no. I'm not getting drunk tonight. I don't and know that I'm going to get drunk off triple sec. You might. Depends on how much you drink. That's true. So we are... Now it's time for the dead. Yeah, now it's time for the dead. Thank you for picking me up where I was left. left. I can't. 
Just clip out that. Yeah, we're just moving on. (laughs) I can't even clip me out. I'm so bad. I can't clip me out. So I just leave it in and everybody else can hear how bad I am at speaking coherently. Uh Mm. Coherently? Coherently? Yeah, coherent. Coherent? And coherence? It's not coherence. Coherently. Understandably... I don't think you can hear me. Yeah. I think Look it's it up. Hand. I think it's hen. What? Coherently. I don't know what you're saying, but anyway, we're moving on. So, haunted forests. If you couldn't tell by the movie recommendations and the cat poop beans. And the so very spooky music that I just provided to you. Is that a forest music? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that ever again you don't like it don't (laughs) okay moving on yes so in i'm gonna butcher a lot of these names i feel bad because it's like a mix of filipino and spanish and english and chinese and it's english oh english was bad enough then you throw in all this other crap i don't know in the region of Calabarzon, Barzon, in the Philippines, which is between the provinces of Laguna and Quezon, there is a three-peaked volcanic complex. The three peaks are, I love these names, are Mount Mayabobo, 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 Mount Banaha, and Mount San Cristobal. Cristobal, like crystal, but Cristo, Cristobal, Cristo. The tallest peak is Mount Banaha, and the the three of them are considered to be extinct volcanoes, so their peaks are essentially dead volcanic craters. They're kind of cratered at the top, mm-hmm. right? And all three are covered in this dense primeval rainforest. For over 300 years, uh, from 1565 to 1898, the Spanish had colonial rule of the Philippines, so that's a lot of these names are going to sound very Spanish, and I felt like... That was an important little tidbit to throw in there because I remember when I was first reading about this, I was so confused about where this was located. I'm going, I think it's in the Philippines, but everything's in Spanish. I don't know. (laughs) But during this period, the Spanish viewed Mount Cristobal, which is the one that I'm going to be focusing on, as a holy place. And people would make pilgrimages up to its peaks and they'd carry rocks, which were supposed to be the same size as their sins, and they'd leave the rocks at the top. So they carry their sins with you them. You have a they... big ass rock with you. <laughs> so there boulder. are rumors of some big ass boulders at the top. So all I could picture is some poor sucker trying to roll this thing up a fucking mountain. Uh-huh. And when I was looking at pictures of this mountain and reading about it, the, the there are parts of the, these trails that are so steep that you're basically almost rock climbing it's vertical so how mm. you carry a big ass rock up there maybe i don't know it from the top and <laughs> but some people had some pretty serious penitence to do in 1839 there was a revolt against the spanish rule and it was led by apolinario de la cruz he was the head of a religious organization that he had founded himself because those are always you know the most trustworthy ones are the ones that are founded by average everyday people right Mm-hmm. Yep. Thousands of Filipinos participated in the revolt until the leader Apolinario was betrayed by one of his own men, and then he was captured and executed on November fifth of eighteen forty one. Do you know why is November fifth 
important. Do you know that? Of 1841? Not of 1841, just November 5th in general. Was it the day that... You don't know, do you? It's uh for it's right on the tip of my tongue. For I know it. England, it's Guy Fox Day. Remember, oh, remember the fifth of November, now. the gunpowder treason and plot. I can think of no reason the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. So Guy Fox in England was somebody who was trying to bomb Parliament. Essentially, I think he was from below. He was setting up all these gunpowder barrels and planned to bomb Parliament and kill King Charles the First. Or was it Charles? Was it James? It might have been James. I think it was James. King James the First of England. Ray yeah. Charles? Yeah, that guy. So, similar dates. The blind musician. Important dates. November 5th. Remember. Remember the 5th of November. Also the day that shit went down in the Philippines. You're a fucking nerd. I know. I'm okay with it. So, following his execution, the members of his religious group went into the mountains and the area around them, and that's where they decided to live and continue to practice the religion as they saw fit. So, they kind of just dispersed into the woods in the mountain, which to me just sounds creepy as fuck. I just... I, disperse into the mountains. I just disappear. Nobody ever hears from them again. I don't know. So, then the mountains became this really... They became a, an important religious center for the native people. I think they always had been. It's just that maybe it kind of picked up with this religious group in the area. And then following the end of the Spanish-American War, the Philippines were quote-unquote liberated from the Spanish rule and they became an American territory. I don't think they still are. Philippines? Yeah. I don't think they're still one of our territories. It's hard to keep track of territories. And Which sounds shitty, but... Puerto Rico. Is. We've got like American Samoa, Puerto Rico, Guam. That's all I can remember off the top of my head. They just head. wanted Guantanamo. Isn't that in Cuba? Yeah. Guam. That's not the same thing, baby. Guam. No. Guantanamo with an N, not Guam. Right. <laughs> I know that. You think you're being funny? No. Guam. Move on. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing tonight. Are you sure you didn't chug that bottle of triple sec? It's only 20 proof, even if I chugged the whole bottle. (sighs) Okay, so where was I? American territory. That's right. After the Spanish moved out, uh, some Chinese thought and perception of the mountains took hold. So the Chinese had been there for basically forever, but once the Spanish are gone, this is when the mountains really started to be perceived based on yin and yang which is it's just a balance of power but of course western civilization views it as like light and dark evil and good it's really not that i I think it's more just a balance but so now it's viewed as good and evil so banaha the tallest peak is good that's Mm. where all the good energy is the light energy and then san cristobal is the dark. That's where all the evil is. And it became known as the Devil's Mountain. And it's covered in forests. Keep in mind. Satan can get a mountain, but I can't. What the fuck is this? Well, yeah. Bullshit. I don't know. I drew a picture of Mount Joel once. <laughs> That's not dirty or anything. Mm-mm. Don't get your mind all twisted. 
You do love your mountains. My grandmother watches this show, Emily. Yeah, right. Your grandma would never listen to this. She doesn't even know how to get on <laughs> God, she Apple would Podcast be just, or anything. Oh, my goodness. She would hate us for this. Probably. <laughs> so with the reputation of being the Devil's Mountain came a whole bunch of stories, like ghost stories, um, stories of voices and apparitions, stories of hikers that fell to their deaths after hearing sounds of children playing in rivers that don't exist. So it's like all in their head. Um, mountaineers getting lost and unable to find routes even though they're really well established and the routes that are on the mountain i looked up like tourist info it's really well established routes i mean they have guides that will go with you but it's not hard to find these i think so to get lost there were stories of people that would just basically walk in circles not realizing that they were on the path the whole time and just forever um there are also Rumors of mythical creatures that supposedly reside in the forest, uh, and the, they might pose a danger to hikers. One of them is called the Tumau, which uh, these guys are said to haunt hikers and cause weird phenomena to occur around them. So they've been, their mythical status has been equated to that of Bigfoot, like seeing a Bigfoot. Uh, um, it's really important in America. America's hardcore about Bigfoot. Mm hmm which I thought was really interesting seeing that on these websites because then I tried to look up information about this particular being the Timau. Couldn't find anything. So, But I saw website after website go, oh, they're like Bigfoot. Oh, it's like Bigfoot. I don't think the creature itself is actually like Bigfoot. I think they're just relating that star status. But if it's that important, why is there no information? Tell me. I want to know. Maybe nobody wants to talk about it because they don't want to be jacked up maybe uh -huh. well there's they live in the forest there are a lot of really weird creatures in the philippines i was looking up some of their mythical creatures they're chupacabra no not there but they got some twisted shit chupacabra another one is called the chupacabra the Encant encantos encantos e-n-g-k-a-n-t-o-s so I, I don't even know how to pronounce it encantos so these are supposed to be like elementals and they can cause things like ailments confusion or depression in travelers or they can lead travelers astray like sirens and meeting one could be good luck or it could lead to a terrible fate so some people when they meet them they're considered blessed and they have really good luck if things go right for them so you're really playing the lottery yeah oh yeah you don't necessarily want to meet these apparently the I looked into the lore of these guys, and way back at the dawn of mankind, supposedly they would give man information, and they helped man, and kind of the way um, ancient aliens views aliens coming down, helping man, that kind of thing. That's what these guys were. But then man was too greedy and didn't want to do any work for themselves, so these guys were like, fuck you, and peaced out, and they, put, they dropped a veil, so they lived behind the veil. So... If they come out and they're good luck for you, that means you're one of the blessed ones. But if they come out and you're not one of the blessed ones, it could be really bad. So there are reports of people that have been, that wake from comas and they say, they don't realize that any time's passed. They say that they, they'd been following a strange being into strange places. And this is believed to be a result of them running into this creature and then being trapped in between their world and ours. So kind of getting stuck in that veil. Is the being the same one that they see? 
The Encantos? Is it is the one that they follow you know, coming out of coma? So being that they see or is it just something? N- no, it's like before they go into a coma, they don't even realize that they've been in a coma. Right. They think that they're still... Right, right. They're, in the real world, they follow this being... Then it like traps their spirit in the other world somehow. I'm, I don't know. I didn't dig that deeply into it. There was a lot of lore about this stuff. I could do a whole episode on some of the Filipino lore because their stuff is cool. It is really cool. They got some (laughs) (laughs) wicked creatures. Um, But anyway, uh, so many mountaineers in the Philippines are reportedly afraid to even try and climb these mountains because according to the locals, people get lost and can't find their way back. So some guides will wear amulets that they, they think counteract the the negative energy that's kind of in and on the mountain and in the forest. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> so kind of kind of supporting this fear is a report of a TV crew that had ended up lost in the on the mountain. So before they started their hike, they had a a psychic in the group. I don't know why. Didn't see that in the story. Don't know what they were trying to report on. Why they were taking a whole crew up there to go for a hike with a psychic. Mm -hmm. But there's reportedly a psychic in the group that says two of them would get separated from the group. And then, so they make it all the way up. Everything's cool. And then on the way back down, the group lost their guides. And they wound up stuck on the mountain for several hours before they were finally found. How do you lose the guides? Like, how do the guides lose you? And their job is—I know, to... right? What, I read over and over that people would lose the guides, or the groups would get separated and wouldn't be able to find each other. There was, there's a lot of that on this. Apparently, kind of makes me think of it in movies like The Labyrinth, where you go out one direction and then the forest will change behind you. Do you remember? Did we watch In the Tall Grass together? I don't know. I might have watched that by myself, but the grass would change behind you and then your path was gone and you're like, where the hell am I? Mm. So kind of like that. And I found um, I found a few stories that have been shared online and um, a lot of these are shared by the guides before they go up, which is just a great way to make people feel confident about the hike, right? Right. Maybe they're trying to get a day off. Yeah. So these are supposedly firsthand accounts of some of the, the weird shit that happens on Mount Cristobal in the forests. It's beautiful forest. I looked at the pictures. It's lovely. So the first one is from 2005, and it starts off saying, never climb Cristobal alone. If you're with a group, do not stray from the team. Yeah. Bad things will happen. (laughs) So they said, I don't know whether Op was a male or female, so I'm just going to stick with they because I don't know. Or if they are just a they. They said they'd been delayed and didn't get to even begin climbing until about 2 p.m. So it's pretty late in the day because it's a, I think it's like a seven to nine hour climb. Hmm. So most people will climb half, they'll climb up. That's their halfway point. They camp and then they come back down the next day from what I was reading. So they didn't get to start until two, which is late. And they get started climbing and Op thinks this path is pretty straightforward. They're clear paths. They're obviously marked. So they go on ahead. They take the leap. They go on ahead. They think everybody's following behind them. And then they realize that they're too far ahead. So they decide to wait for everybody else to catch up. 
but it took really long and no one was coming. So Op starts freaking out, panicking, like, where the fuck is everybody? It took over an hour for the team to finally catch up. And when they did, Op goes, what, what took you guys so long? But the group said that it had only been a few minutes since they'd last seen each other. So it's like he got, he, she, they got stuck in some kind of weird time warp or time slip, you know? I think that'd be really weird. Like they looked at a clock and it was an hour. They probably have phones or watches or something that they're able to check time. Because when they're out there for a while, they're going to be going, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. I'm sure they want to be able to keep track of time for making sure they have enough time to set up camp and all that at the end of the night so it's not too dark so later once they'd made camp and everyone had gone to bed op had left the tent to go pee big mistake nope just hold it wait till morning right do you know what op means op original poster okay you think i'm that old that i don't know what op means i bet you didn't know before we started these podcasts yeah i did I didn't know it a year ago, but I knew it before this podcast. <laughs> mm. You're a bad liar. <laughs> no, I knew it before the podcast. Okay, so they go to pee. And when they came back, there's a, a light glowing inside their tent. And they said it was like a the light from a flashlight. But they had their flashlight with them. So they got freaked out. And they were way too freaked out to go check on it themselves. So they go wake up their friends and to bring them back to look with them. But by the time they got back... The light was gone, and then Op closes it out with they could they couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. Would you? Seeing a light coming from inside my tent, and there's nobody can figure out who it is or what it is. I wonder if somebody else was like, "Oh, here's my chance to get freaky," and Make then they fun. realized the crowd was coming, so they're like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I don't want to get caught." Dip. <laughs> it's entirely possible, right. and you don't know what it is. It easily could be somebody that was like, "Hey." hey. We're out in the woods. It's a bit of a chilly night. You want to get a little snuggly? Mm-hmm. Snuggly woggly. So then my final story predates the predates predates Pre-dee. it predates the first one by a year. So in July of 2004, another group of hikers set out at around noon with a guide, and um, they they took a guide because they were taking a trail that was less well known at the time. They too met with some delays before uh, getting hiking, right? So they didn't make it to their halfway point until about 4 p.m. And then at this point, the guide's like, that's it for me, folks. Bye. Peace out. Just left. Yeah, he said he couldn't go any further because he'd never felt good about the rest of the trail. So he's like, you guys are on your own. And he gave them instructions for how to follow the path and where to turn and just so they could complete it safely before he left. And they, they all felt like they understood and it was pretty easy. So it's starting to get kind of dark at this point. And one of the hikers named Reggie has an asthma attack. And the rest of the group thought it would be best to call it a day and just set up camp there. But Reggie's like, no, nah, no, nah, just give me a few minutes to rest and then we can push on. So they do rest. Everything's cool. And then they start moving on. They get back to hiking but they're moving a little faster now because they want to get to camp before it gets right. too dark, right? And at this point, they come to a fork in the trail that the guide hadn't mentioned or they couldn't remember the guide mentioning. And so the group solution, which was a decent solution, the group decides to split in half 
and each would take one path and then come back to this fork in 15 minutes to kind of meet up and see if they could find the next what the next stage or see if it looks like they're heading in the right direction right Mm -hmm. this is like horror movie stuff no you don't split up the group it's a terrible idea Right. right but just before they split they come across two other hikers coming along the path and uh, the, the other hikers asked if the group needed help. And they said, these new hikers said that they were really familiar with the path and they offered to help guide the group. So, of course, the group's like, sure, hey, that's great, thank you. By this time, it's it's already dark. So they all have their flashlights out and there are five of them with flashlights. They took the left path on the fork. And as they're walking along, they're joking and goofing around and just, you know, They're tired and getting a little bit loopy and they're ready to be camped and having a good time with friends, right? But the new hikers who were ahead of them, it's a couple and they're holding hands, walking side by side. They were quiet the whole time. They didn't really interact with anybody. They didn't seem to even acknowledge the group behind them. And Op thought this was a little weird, but maybe they were just tired or they're just maybe Mm (laughs) antisocial. They're helping, but they're not that friendly. Right. After about an hour of hiking, everyone's really tired. They're exhausted at this point. So this is where they hit the point in the trail where it gets really steep. And you know how I told you it's like rock climbing at some point? Yeah. I, I was reading stories about other people that where they didn't run into anything weird. And they're talking about how they basically slid down the mountain because it's so steep. It's like when it's muddy, it's like going on a fucking mud a slide. Ride, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really careful. So they hit this point where it's really steep so they have to dig their fingers into the dirt while they're climbing to keep from slipping so you're tired you're at this really unusual part that you're sure this guide would have told you about right at around 9 p.m the woman who's helping guide said that they're almost there so everyone starts to move a little faster because they wanted to get set up they want to camp they want to eat probably take a shit Mm mm-hmm or you could just poop while you're walking. <laughs> just like Drop the elephant. And, yeah. Leave a trail. So, and it was also starting to rain at this point. So, on steep slopes, that probably isn't the most desirable of weather conditions. Yeah. But that would be probably the best time to have a good poop on the trail because it's going to blend in with the mud. Right. Or you could just, you could just stick your butt up in the air and you get washed right out. You don't need to waste toilet paper or anything. Yeah, yeah, there you go. No skid marks. So um, one of the group members had been walking just behind the couple and he'd been trying to ask them questions, but they were really not engaging. It was just one word answers. So the whole group's like, what is with these two? Something is just off. So finally, they turn left onto a path that's surrounded by these, they describe them as tall, sinister looking trees and thorny plants all around them, which thorny plants is apparently a thing up there. I don't know. Everything's covered in thorns. Mm. I heard that on multiple websites. People saying, watch out for the thorny plants. Damn thorny plants. Yeah. So the guy, the male guide says, we're here. Hurry up before it starts raining harder. But then the rain stops shortly after. Don't know why that was really relevant, but I put it in here anyway. So there you go. Um, As they're walking to camp, all their flashlights go out at once so like i said there were five of them in the group that had flashlights and they all shut off at the same time fucking weird that would be creepy that would be creepy that would be my 
I might pee my pants in this moment <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so naturally, what do they do? They start smacking the fuck out of their flashlights, right? Because that's everybody's first instinct is shake up that battery, see if you can get it to mm. work or get the filaments Break and the light, whatever. So they're trying to get them to turn back on, but they keep walking. They're walking along, smacking these, trying to follow the path, trying to follow the guides in front of them walking in the dark and it's really hard because it's muddy and it's cloudy and they don't know the landscape so they try asking the two newcomers if they had any spare flashlights but they don't get any response which is weird because they had been just right in front of them they were following these guys right but everybody figured maybe they had fallen too far behind the guides so now at this point they're trying to catch up and then so they're walking along in the dark, trying to like, where the fuck are we? Let's get this. <laughs> this is a little creepy. We can't set up here. We can't even mm. see anything. So just like when the lights went off, all the flashlights suddenly turn back on at the same time. And one guy yells, shit, stop, guys, wait. Just like that? I'm sure it was uh, better acting than mine, but. <laughs> <laughs> shit, stop, guys, wait. Shit, stop. I don't want to yell right into the mic. It'll peek it out. Right. Op said, so the Op remembers saying, don't ever curse that loud in this kind of a place because someone or something might get mad at you. It just had that kind of reputation. You don't want to piss off the forest, right? Mm -hmm. So they go to ask the guy who yelled why he'd been yelling like that, but he didn't reply. So they turn on their flashlights to see what had startled him so badly. And what they see is the youngest member of the group was standing at the edge of this ravine using all of his strength to hold onto the backpack of the person who'd been yelling because he's just kind of dangling over the edge of this steep cliff that falls away into a ravine. So the youngest guy had managed to catch him before he fell and was mm. just kind of holding on his book bag. So they go over and they help him because I'm guessing with mud and all that, it's just hard to maintain that. So they're upset. They're scared as hell. They decide... Screw this path, screw this shit. They go back to what they knew. So they turn back and they walk back to the path where they had just turned left off of. And um, the members were panicking because they're thinking that the couple that had been in front of them, remember, they'd been calling out to them to see if they had flashlights and hadn't gotten any response. And th they don't see them. Nobody came to check on them. And they're like, oh, my God, did, did they fall? And we didn't realize that they, they walked into this, too. And then one another member goes, we probably would have heard them scream if they'd fallen off this. It was a it was a huge drop, so there would have been time for these people to scream. So it was unlikely that they fell. So they're kind of going, okay, well, they didn't fall. We would have known it. Did they take another path that we didn't see in the dark? But Op says that it's it, it's just weird because the couple never came back to check on them. Everybody screamed when they saw this guy dangling over the cliff. And it would have been, you're on a mountaintop. That's probably echoing out across all mm -hmm. that landscape. And these people never came back to check on them. You lost an entire group of people. And nobody ever comes back to look. It's weird. Maybe they wanted to lose them. Yeah. Maybe that was the plan like all these along. motherfuckers just keep talking to us. We better start running. It kind of makes me think of those, um, some of the mythical creatures that they were talking about that might lead you astray. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if they ran into some of those and didn't even realize it. Yeah, maybe. Shapeshifters. Yeah. Oh, my foot fell asleep. <laughs> so that is my story of Mount 
San Cristobal. 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 In the Philippines. My haunted forest. That's Yang. I can't remember which one's light and which one's dark. I think Yin is light. I have no probably idea. Probably wrong, but all I know is they're meant to balance each other. Right. I don't know if it really is even light and dark. It's just a matter of balance. Right and wrong, yes and no, left and right. But hey, guess what? Not everything in life is that black and white. Is that supposed to be funny? Okay, how about this? It's not a zero or a one. There's more to it. It's more quantum. More quantum. Quantum. Superposition. Yes, there you go. There you go. Do we need to take a break? We can. If you want to. Sure. Back from pee break? Back from pee break. Time for your story. My story. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can find some elevator hold music or something for us. Is elevator hold right? That's not right. Some hold music or elevator music? Elevator music. Yeah. You goof. I know. My brain has not been working at all this week. It's worse (laughs) than usual. (laughs) Is that possible? Hey. Working on my master's degree. Fuck off. I think you're so damn funny. So I chose to stay in the States. You usually do. Yeah. I don't have my passport yet, so. You stay stateside. I go international. Uh-huh. Even though you always say, we need to visit all our states before we go out of the country. I agree, but I feel like American podcasts cover America a lot, so I want to cover some of maybe the We're not American, shit. damn it. I chose to do the Freetown Fall River State Forest. Where's that at? Fucking relax, bro. Let me tell you the story. So tell me the story. So it's often shortened to Freetown State Forest. Because, you know, Freetown Fall River State Forest is just a fucking mouthful. It's located in the city of Fall River and the towns of Freetown and Lakeville, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. There's your answer. The 5,000 acre forest is filled with singing birds and beautiful sights. About a third of the town of Freetown is made up by the state-owned forest. So obviously there's not much going on in Freetown. It's more like town free than free town? Yeah, town free. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, you don't enjoy my corniness. I do. I laughed. I gave you a corny laugh to your corny joke. There are more than uh, 50 miles of unpaved tracks and trails for people to explore the area. Ooh, that sounds really nice. And they even have a picnic area which is available uh, that includes a small wading pool and areas for recreational sports. I know, I picture small wading pools and I just think of moms taking their two-year-olds in in the middle of summer to just shut them up and then the kids pee in the pool. I'm not going in that wading pool. It's I'm probably full of pee. Pool. Hopefully they soak it up with chlorine. What? Don't give me that look. <laughs> you probably drank it before and you don't even know it. Ew. Nasty. With all the beauty that this park emanates, its reputation comes about from numerous numerous tragedies that have occurred here. Uh, Stories of paranormal encounters, UFO sightings, and even satanic sacrifices 
have all been reported in the park. Oh, I bet you anything those satanic sacrifice rumors came out of the 80s because the 80s was like the satanic panic. It, it was. That's what it's called. Yeah. Satanic panic. Oh, yeah. It was a huge thing in the 80s and people thought everybody was a Satan worshiper. It was so stupid. Yeah. It was an uprising to the Christian, you know, hold on society. The 80s was it just was, full of panic yeah, over stupid it was shit. mostly youth, too. They just didn't want to be like their parents anymore. Ronald Reagan had even said that he saw lights above the forest. Oh, really? For Rizzles. Uh, so it was said to become cursed when chiefs from the local Wampanoag, Wampanoag tribe sold their land in a shady deal without approval from the remainder of the tribe. Wampanoag? Wampanoag, maybe. W-A-M-P-A-N-O-A-G. It's probably Wampanoag. You always think you're right, don't you? I usually am. <sighs> Our listeners have backed me up in the past. <sighs> yeah, how much you paying them? <laughs> also, the curse, or the area is cursed because of uh, poor treatment from colonial settlers. So a lot of the kind of the reason that it's so cursed now is seems to come back from this tribe. There are some legends that say there are humanoid-like creatures called puckwudgies. Puckwudgies. I mm. sound like you said fuckwudgies. I've Who heard knows, of puckwudgies. Maybe there are fuckwudgies too. That's uh, like a North American thing. Yeah. And these creatures are ones that can disappear. They can appear and disappear at will using magical powers, and they shoot poisonous arrows and can control the spirits of their deceased victims. Hmm. I really don't know. I, I've heard of them, but I don't remember anything about them. So I, I did a little bit of digging on them because I'd never heard of them before. But um, They're short little apparent, creatures, yeah, aren't they? Three foot to like, um, They're waist height. They're about my height. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they go, apparently, at least um, tribal lore had it that they had once um, lived in unison with humans until humans got greedy and uh then they kind of started doing their own thing and well now there's a theme tonight apparently right creatures not liking humans because, because we're humans dickheads. are greedy as fuck yeah right oh Otto came to join me <laughs> hey Otto, don't claim on everything so this was kind of funny the freetown police department even put up puck wedgie crossing signs in the park oh that is funny <laughs> and it was more so as a a joke than you know a fear of their presence they were saying that um there was a lot of um animal caused accidents animal induced accidents oh okay so they're trying but, to make people more but they were their idea was that if they threw up um like there's a, there's it, it takes up so much of this township the city it's a large area um, that if they just threw up deer crossing signs everywhere, people would just kind of be like, oh, whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. They would, they'd see it so much that they just don't care about it anymore. So they threw up these things that will catch attention things, right? for sure. Um, the forest exists in what has come to be known as the Bridgewater Triangle. <gasps> oh, it's the it's Bridgewater similar... Kidney Bean. Triangle. I was listening to Two Girls, One Ghost, and I think Corinne covered the Bridgewater Triangle in one episode, and she called it the Bridgewater Kidney Bean because it's shaped more like a kidney bean than a triangle. 
I don't really remember much from the episode. I just remember that sticking out in my head because <laughs> uh, it was so goofy. So it's kind of similar to the um, Bermuda Triangle, right? Right. Yeah. Weird shit happens. It covers um, about 2,000 square miles of eastern Massachusetts. Stretches from Abington, southeast of Freetown, west to Seekonk, and then back up to Abington. So it... it from what I saw, it's actually like like a triangle. It's not oh, a did kidney it look... bean. Okay. I mean, maybe maybe the kidney bean comes from like reported sightings on a map where they land yeah. on a map or something. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I just remember it being called the Bridgewater kidney bean. That that stuck out it's in fun. my head. It was first coined uh, as such by cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman in the seventies, and is said to be home for UFOs. Orbs, spontaneous combustion, cryptids, and poltergeists. Can we please do an episode on spontaneous combustion? I know, you because have an I find it so it. fascinating. Uh, some of the better known places in the Bridgewater Triangle include the Hockamock Swamp, which means um, I don't I, I don't know what it translates from, but the meaning is the place where spirits dwell. Profile Rock, which is in Freetown State Forest, uh, which is the supposed site of where Wampanoag historical figure Anawan received the lost wampum belt. It was this kind of this spiritual belt that held a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Um, who he he received from Philip, King Philip, which was not actually you know like a king. He was a, a Wampanoag um, tribal leader and elder. Mm-hmm. Who that was his English name was King Philip, and he would he would um, kind of be the translator and the one who would go w- with meetings or with the English barters with with the English. Um, and there was a battle where this thing was lost, this belt was lost, and it was it held a lot of um, precedence in the tribe. So it was a big thing, right? Uh, but there, I also saw other things where. It said it was never found, and that's also kind of like a lot of these spirits are still searching for this belt. So I don't know. Legend says there's a ghost of a man uh, who can be seen sitting on the rock with his legs crossed and arms outstretched. Well, do you remember the story that you did um, about Polly's Beach mm-hmm. in South Carolina? Like he kept coming back to protect the woman that he loved, even though he did come back to her. Right. Right. He did protect her, but he still, to this day, comes back. Protects other people. Kind of makes me think of that. Maybe they did get it, but they still search. It was just such a traumatic event that they continue to search. Maybe. Profile Rock is a location that has been tied to many gruesome murders, body discoveries, and satanic activities. Paranormal experts believe there is a strong negative energy that shrouds the area and is the reason for all of the strange happenings. On the opposite side of the forest is Asanet Ledge. Asanet Ledge. This is a location that has also been reported to be inhabited by ghosts. Uh, often they stand atop the ledge and leap before disappearing. <laughs> I was attacking my zipper on my pants. Mm. Hang on a second. Get down, bud. Get down, boy. I don't know why you think that that's food. Get down. Or something worth attacking. Come boy. on. It's a toy. Okay. Sorry. Assinet Ledge. John Brightman, 
a member of the New England Paranormal Research Group, said that he broke down atop the ledge after hearing a spirit had told him to jump or leave. Well, that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing, in November of 1978, the corpse of Mary Lou Arruda was found tied to a tree in the woods. She was a local 15-year-old who had recently been abducted from a nearby town two months prior. Her kidnapper was tried four times, and he was eventually convicted. Four times? Yeah. What What went wrong the first three times? Legal system. and I mean, even now, but especially in the she fucking... She was down tied to a tree? In the 80s. And, yep. Oh, that's awful. Yep. I feel so bad for our family. All right. In 1980, police were investigating a murder near the forest when they were approached by some locals who claimed to have witnessed satanic cult activity in the woods. Many believe these reports were connected to the so-called Fall River cult killing that happened during the same time period, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later. There were odd clearings created in the wood stained with animal blood found in the Freetown Forest. Thoughtful arrangements of cattle carcasses were later discovered elsewhere in the world. Wait, wait, wait. Repeat that. Thoughtful arrangement of cattle carcasses. Yes. So thoughtful. I know it means that they put some thought into what they were doing, but still, it sounds like a greeting card thing. Thoughtful arrangement of cattle carcasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at what a lovely job they did. Nice. Very nice and what Diane, they did with the area. Diane, can you please come arrange my cattle carcasses? <laughs> No matter what I do, my cattle carcasses just do not look as good as yours. I can't get them to match. <laughs> the blood stains are just so set in. <laughs> you done interrupting me? <laughs> nope. Go for it. Uh, three more, at least confirmed, murders occurred in the woods of Freetown. Uh, in 1987, a homeless man was mistaken for an undercover cop and killed. And say how, but how do you mistake an a homeless? I'm sure man? he was just acting sketchy, and somebody thought he was a cop. This was also in the 80s when drugs were running their way through America. They still are the running world, their way, but not in the way that they did in the 80s. Now it's just weed, pretty much, and fentanyl, heroin. Certain touchy areas. subject. Certain terrible things. In 2001, two men were found. And their bodies were splattered with bullet holes on Bell Rock Road, which is a road that winds through the forest. So they obviously got shot. And I don't know if they were shot there or their bodies were dumped there, whatever. But So just some bad history with this place. It seems like there's a lot of bad things going on here, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a big forest. <laughs> right. And it's been many years. It's probably a quiet well, a place. Lot- it's a good place to go perform crime. Right. A lot of it happened in the late 70s and 80s, though. Mm. So the Fall River cult killings. There is actually a documentary that Epix, E-P-I-X, the, I don't know if they're a TV provider or movie, whatever, but it's they... like were, a channel. Yeah, that they were... I don't know if... I don't think it's already out, but they were working on it. A documentary about these. There was a lot, so I tried to shorten it up a bit. Give you a nice overview, right? And a bit of a warning. Some of it's pretty gruesome and a bit touchy for some people. Give us a trigger warning when it comes to that subject. The whole thing's pretty much a trigger warning. Okay. So if 
you might be a little sensitive to certain topics, this might be a good time to tune out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there were a lot of satanic rituals that took place, or not a lot, a few, uh, satanic rituals that took place between October of 79 and February of 1980. Two young women, uh, who were both local prostitutes and young, like 17 and 18 years old, young, uh, had been bound, raped, tortured, and bludgeoned to death. A third victim, victim's body would never be found beyond a skull fragment oh, and clumps of hair left behind it in a nearby forest. The first body was found on October 13th of 1979. Doreen Levesque, a 17-year-old runaway who was found behind a local vocational school. Her wrists had been tied together and her body left signs of sexual torture. She was brutally murdered... Um, suffering stab wounds to the head. Police discovered she was a prostitute and thought that it was a client that had done it, a John. Mm -hmm. Um, But forensics evidence suggested that there were multiple people involved and suggested a ritual element to the crime. The fuck, man? A group? Group. Murder? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, With a possible death by stoning. How do these people find each other? Mm-hmm. How do you get into a group and you're like, hey, you feel like killing somebody? Well, you know you're what? Like, Fuck I yeah, actually bud. do. <laughs> How does this shit come about? Because it yeah. happens all the time. Crazy We're like, people getting together with crazy people. A woman will convince a man, hey, look, you know, I'm feeling like going on some crazy ass killing spree. You care to come along? And he goes, ah, you know what? You're pretty cute. Sure. That sounds like a good idea. Right. This will win like, over her heart. Fuck? How does this happen? Uh, she was believed to be a part of the cult, actually. Did she sacrifice herself? No, but she was a part of the cult. Witness accounts of various drug addicts and low-level criminals say that the local underworld was controlled by a cult of devil worshippers. And this was when that satanic panic was going around right. in the States. They took uh, the directives from Staten, from <laughs> Staten, Satan who in turn was paid off in sacrificial blood and human souls. And they believed a man by the name of Carl Drew was their leader. Because that name sounds like a good solid leader. Right. Carl, Carl Drew. Drew. <laughs> Carl Drew's got the direct line to Satan. Right. <laughs> got the red <laughs> phone. It's such a mad name. Yeah. It's like I'm supposed <laughs> to be scared of you. Do you know who I am? I'm Carl Drew. Okay. I'm Satan's best buddy, man. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm pretty sure visit. even Satan has better taste than Carl <laughs> Drew. like, Carl, you think we're super close, but nah. Right. <laughs> You're just my bitch. Carl's that weird guy that shows up at the party. He's like, oh, hey, guys. I brought, bro- I brought booze. He's <laughs> like, right, great, Carl's say. here. <laughs> <laughs> the second victim, Barbara Raposa, found a similar fate. She was another local prostitute and Satanist. I believe she was also 17 years old. You mean Satanist? Satanist. In April of 1980, a horrid discovery was made in the nearby beach town of Westport. You guys may hear in the background that Otto is trying to play in a bucket and I can't get him to stop, so there's a little bit of 
noise coming from that butthead. Oh, now Emmett's eyeing it up. Okay, I'm sorry. So there was a third victim, right? It's the second. You did the second. What's the third victim? In April of 1980, there was a horrid discovery that was made in a nearby beach town of Westport. The decaying carcasses of three cats, sheep bones, the top half of a skull, and a clump of hair were found in the dirt. Um, and this was reported by, I think it was a hunter who found it and then reported it to the police. And they later found all these things when surveying the crime scene. He stumbled, the, the hunter stumbled across the skull. Forensics determined that the skull had belonged to a woman named Karen Marsden. Wait, was it her whole skull or was it just part of it? It was the top half of her skull. So how do they determine who it belonged to? Yeah. Maybe through the DNA. DNA of the hair? Yeah. Because the skull doesn't, the bone doesn't have right, DNA. Right, but they found hair with it. And there was also jewelry and uh, okay. one heel yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. That makes sense. Um, they deduced it. Right. So there was a, a big article, and again, there's a, a whole documentary on it, or at least being created on it. Uh, this woman, Karen Marsden, it, it was a whole... It was a sexual cult, pretty much, and, and this Carl Drew guy was the leader who would would use Satan and, and the scare of you'll be sacrificed if you speak out against me kind of thing against these women. And uh, Karen had witnessed or been a part of the previous two murders, and she had talked to police, and that's why they believe she got was murdered and sacrificed was because she talked about it. Um, so she told them what was going on? Yeah, she told the police. But they didn't, I guess they didn't have enough of a case to, to build, you know, to arrest them or anything. Um, it's just her word against theirs. And- pretty much. So in 1980, a woman by the name of Robin Murphy was convicted of killing all three young women. Uh, one was her former lover, who was Karen Marsden. And another trigger warning. Murphy later claimed that she had performed oral sex on Marsden after she had been decapitated. Oh, ew. And there were two other people that were with them, and they said that they were, like, kicking, no. kicking it around. No. Mm-mm. Pretty graphic shit. The yeah. fu- why, why, why? <laughs> I can't, I can't. So it's a really fucked up situation and all, you know, like they, they, they created this cult to exploit the young women and they scared them with the satanic culture to keep them in and keep them doing what they were doing and not talk about what they were doing. And sounds kind of like Nexium, but taking it to the next level. Yeah. The Nexium level. No, this took it to the satanic level, <sighs> not the Nexium level. Yeah. Nexium was fucked up enough. Right. So Murphy was, uh, she was believed to be the ling re- ling- ring leader, the ling reader, and mastermind of all three mur- murders, but she was only, she only pled guilty to the third one, which was of her former lover, Karen. <sighs> So there's yeah, there's quite a bit online. It goes more in depth to what it is if you're interested in learning about it. But oh uh, yeah, I didn't want to get. There was a lot of graphic. Yeah. 
details that. we are not a true crime podcast really <laughs> we, we cover some little bitty tidbits but it's really not for a reason there are enough true crime podcasters out there if you want that gory shit go somewhere else mm-hmm. we'll just give you cursing and ghosts yeah so if anything i mean this would only add to the the paranormal activity of the, the forest right mm-hmm so what happens in the forest? That. Oh. That's that's the haunting? That's is my the murders? story. Oh. I thought we were going to get more haunt out of that. There's just a lot of death. Yep. Oh. The haunting is the tribe. Mm, okay. I hear Bigfoot's been spotted up there too. Oh yeah? Do you think the Chupacabra comes up and pals around with them? No. Or a Thunderbird? Too cold. We're going to have to do a Thunderbird. I have actually seen a Thunderbird. Have you? Yeah. When? You didn't tell me about this. Um, It was the last day of junior year. Me, Kevin, and Ted. Yeah, it was just how three script class. The good uh, students on that you On the last were. day of school. Well, it was the last day of school. Who, the, who gives a shit? Um... And I don't, I don't even know. We just drove south. We were driving for like an hour and then we came up to this bridge. So we got out. There were some people jumping off the bridge into the river and stuff, but we decided to leave them alone until later. Anyways, we walked down this path. We were walking and, you know, it's just, it was like creepy looking back on it mm-hmm. at the time. It was like, cool, an adventure. There was like a, a, a rusted out truck that was sitting on the side of the, the road and the overgrown grass and stuff. And we were standing there and we're looking through this clearing over this little pond next to the trail. And there's this fucking bird, dude. It Its wingspan had to be at least 15 feet. And it was probably 10 or 15 feet long. And we're standing like, what the fuck is that? That's not a crane. That's mm-hmm. not anything we've ever seen. That's a pterodactyl, dude. <laughs> And then I didn't you're realize not, it was a Thunderbird until now. You're not the first, though. Oh, I know. I've, I've read, um, when we were thinking about doing an episode all about local legends, I was reading about some of the ones from around here, and apparently Thunderbirds are spotted over I-90, this stretch of I-90, a lot. Yeah. There are a lot of giant bird sightings. So, yeah, we could do an episode on Thunderbirds. Some big-ass motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yep, like, so. it was big, dude. Like, it wasn't... Yeah, the, it's that kind of big that you're going, this is something different. You can ask Ted about it. I'm sure he still remembers it clear as day. Maybe I will. Get him on. Have him... Yeah, right. What are they doing now? These cats, I swear. Mm-hmm. They ran upstairs so fast earlier that shit blew off of the wall. It's <laughs> just stuff goes flying through the Floating room. through the air. <laughs> Fucking cats. I have... Um, a listener story that was DM'd to me by Nina. This is coming from Nina. So this is sent to me on our uh, Facebook group. Nina says, It was the summer of 96, or better referred to as the summer of hell. I can't help but to blame myself after all. I've watched plenty of horror movies to know all the basic rules, but even then I ignored the most important one. I was young and curious, so attracted to anything horror. I played played with a spirit board by myself, 
and if that wasn't enough, I had chanted spells that I found in a spellbook written in another language. Frustrated at what I thought was a complete fail since nothing had happened, I continued on with this dangerous combo. A few days had passed and things began to change. I started hearing strange sounds. Each night that went by, the evil entity became more aggressive. Some call it sleep paralysis, but I know it was an evil force holding me captive. I can hear the growling in my ear and the voice as it whispers to me, calling out my name. I was terrified. I fought so hard just to have enough courage to open my eyes, and then fear would strike again when I would witness with my own eyes a hooded shadow figure by my bed and shadow figures darting in and out of the wall while calling my name. It was getting worse. I can now feel it touching me. It actually touched my foot. It wouldn't let me sleep, and it was as if it was getting stronger. I was so scared, and knowing it was my fault, I didn't want to tell anyone, especially my father. All my family had warned me about tampering with spirit boards, which if you don't know what a spirit board is, it's a Ouija board. I no longer felt safe in my own home, and every chance I got, I tried to go somewhere hoping that this thing wouldn't follow me. I distinctly remember several occasions where the evil had followed me. My aunt asked me to stay with her and her family during the week to babysit my little cousin while she worked. I had fallen asleep, and something had disturbed my sleep. I opened my eyes to the light above me flickering on and off. I immediately left the bedroom and fell asleep on the couch for the rest of the night. Another night I had experienced the same exact thing, but this time as I left the room I heard whispering coming from my cousin's bedroom which was located right next to the living room. Confused and terrified, I started to wonder if it was my cousin that I had been babysitting. So she's wondering if that whispering sound right. is coming from her cousin. And then only to find out later that day he was sleeping in his parents' room the whole night so he wasn't even in that room. I knew I had to dispose of the board, and when I did, I heard a voice later that night say, I will come back. Hmm. Uh, yeah, right? Like the fuck you will. Eventually we moved and I began feeling safe again. The activity still happens from time to time. I realized later that this thing wasn't a part of the house. I summoned it and it is attached to me. I thought I was losing my mind until one day my older cousin had visited. She also is a believer who has had her own personal experiences. So like many of us, we've all had our own experiences that kind of make us go, okay, maybe there's more to it. We were exchanging stories of strange events and she distinctly said she heard heavy breathing coming from upstairs. We both looked at each other and she noticed my dog turned towards the direction of the stairs and she heard it too. She had lived there prior to me and stated that she's never heard that during the time of residency there, so she'd never heard anything like it. So Nina's really fucking it up for everybody, huh? Right. So Way to go, Nina. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the problem with spirit boards. I mean, really, these things are around us all the time, and you can contact them any old way, I, if, using a phone and recording their voices, doing EVPs, whatever. You're opening a door. You're You're letting them know that you are willing to contact them and communicate with them. So it can be dangerous. It doesn't ha just have to be a spirit board. But mm -hmm. so I was, I talked to her a little bit further and I asked her if she had forgotten to say goodbye and close the board because that's a really important step. She said, I mocked it and I didn't close it. And she said that the house that she had lived in was already haunted. So she doesn't know if the spirit was there and she just attached it to herself or. Antagonized. Yeah. And then I, um, asked her if she had sought any help to get rid of it and she said that the last time she'd seen it was eight years ago so it's been a while but it sounds like 
it didn't it doesn't sound like it got too aggressive but it certainly sounded like it it made itself known and it got pretty creepy and personal if it's coming into your room touching your feet while you're sleeping it wants to make sure that you know it's right there that's creepy that's just come on ghost why you gotta be so rude sometimes that's just rude like at least tap you on the shoulder first don't just go balls to the walls you know yeah balls through the walls maybe yeah she said that um she sent me some pictures. I guess her story is getting shared on a TV show pretty soon, but she said that we could share it. So hopefully we don't get any copyright issues. But We had it first. Yeah. She had it first. We had it second. Yeah. But thank you for sharing that story, Nina. I'm glad that you haven't heard from it in eight years because it sounds like definitely something that can terrorize you. I mean, it, you start to feel like you're losing your mind, I'm sure. It has to make it hard to sleep when you feel like something's going to be touching your feet or talking to you. Yeah. You can't get peace. For sure. But I hope that it stays gone and that it's unattached. And remember, folks, if you're going to use a spirit board or anything, if you're communicating, don't forget to say goodbye. Let them know that you are done and this is the end of it. It's important. There you have it, folks. Be polite. I think those are our stories for tonight. Yes, ma'am. So don't forget, you can find us on social media if you haven't already. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Drink Drunk Dead. I do a lot of tweeting. I'm not on Facebook quite as much. I do share some good um, drink recipes on Instagram, though, so check that one out. And memes. And memes. I'm a memer now. Yep. I created a meme with our kitty. Our has quarantine turned you kitty. into a social media fiend. I made our quarantine kitty meme uh-huh. with fat old Otto. Right. I think it's funny. Nobody else seems to find it as funny if you as I wonder, do. If you wonder why the thumps <laughs> in the background are so so loud, just look at the picture of our fucking... <laughs> he's such a tub. <laughs> he's not fat. He's just He's a big cat. He is a big cat. We kind of debate whether he's part big cat because he's so big. Yeah. And he's still a kitten. He's we watched, less than a year old. What do we watch? We watched Tiger King. Yeah, that's that, oh my gosh! And everybody's then, going crazy yeah, about big, that. Big cats, and all we're thinking is we have a big cat, right? Domestic big cat. I, I remember watching the first episode of that show and going, "I don't get it." And then we watched the rest, and we were totally fucking hooked. <laughs> it was yeah. I love documentaries. They're interesting. They are, <laughs> especially something like that. All the controversy it keeps you going. Yeah. So don't forget to find us on social media. Yeah. And then if you have a story that you would like to share, we always love to hear them. If you just want to send it to us and have it be private, that is totally cool. We don't have to share it. We just like to hear it and we are here to support you. Um, So you can send us your stories at drinkdrunkdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can be like other people and you can DM them to me on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter. I don't know. Can you DM on Twitter? Yeah, that's where DMs come from. Is it? Yeah. Well, I know OP, so leave me alone. Op. It's OP. It's op. Op is opposition. No, it's op. Opposing force. Whatever. Send us your stories. Ignore him. Follow me. I'm hilarious. (sighs) (laughs) Shall we raise a toast? We don't have a toast. We do. We can toast with tea and what are you drinking again? Triple sec. Triple sec. Tea and triple sec. Shall we raise a toast to to our our ghosts? ghosts? That was a teeny tiny little dink. Let's try it again. Raise a toast 
to, to our, our ghosts. ghosts. That's better. The end. <laughs>